0: Hi, I'm Dr. Pam Peak, and welcome to episode 404. Oh my God, I'm just exhausted thinking about it. 404 of Her, the podcast where you're going to hear the truth about her mind, her body, her life, and today, her feet. That's right, you own feet, and you're not paying enough attention. This is all wrong. So we're, we're here to rectify the situation. Okay, before we begin... I just want you to know that this episode is made possible by our wonderful friends at Solaray Vitamins. Now, just run on over to solarray.com and learn all about the multivitamins you probably need to take. Yes, that's correct. It's you. Because you keep saying you're eating all the right stuff every day and you know what's happening in reality. So we're here to kind of fill in those little gaps. So please... How about those liposomal multivitamins, just saying. So, run on over to solarayvitamins.com, learn more about what you need as a woman. And this is your very first reminder to hit iTunes when we're done with the episode, and let's give us some feedback, some rate and review, because we love to hear from you, and that's just the way it goes. All right, it's time for Her. And oh, we're going to have so much fun. Her, the podcast. The naked truth about women. Her mind, her body, her life. It's all about Her. So today, guess who I have? I have one of my dear friends and colleagues from the American College of Sports Medicine, Dr. Irene Davis, who was the incoming president of the American College of Sports Medicine. As you all know, I'm on their board of trustees, and I've had the pleasure of knowing uh, Irene for years. Um, so we have history, as we say, in the business. Let me tell you about Dr. Davis. So Dr. Irene Davis is a professor in the School of Physical Therapy and Rehabilitation Science in the Morsani College of Medicine at the University of South Florida. Prior to this, she was the founding director of the Spalding National Running Center, Department of Physical Medicine and Rehabilitation at Harvard Medical School. She received her baccalaureate in science and exercise science from the University of Massachusetts and in physical therapy from the University of Florida. She earned her master's degree in biomechanics from the University of Virginia and her PhD in biomechanics from Pennsylvania State University. Oh my goodness gracious, I could go on forever and a day. Let's just say you're a smarty pants and I'm gonna believe everything you say about physical rehabilitation. Irene, welcome to the Her podcast. Thank you. It's great to be here. All right. I'm gonna I'm gonna scare you. I have to do this, right? And and I'm gonna do this. This is one of my favorite
1: shoes.
0: Oh, oh, it's got the red thing too. Oh, and beautiful. look, it's been
1: used. It's been I used. love Isn't them it? actually. I, they're I mean, beautiful, right? Sex beautiful. in the City. Yep. Didn't she say, um,
0: "Hello, lover"? Exactly. You know, every time, you know. Love of them. course, she had Manolo Blahniks, but what the hell? Um, but nonetheless, so we're gonna talk about feet today and you're the expert because you're the one with the fancy degrees and you've been working on this for a long, long time. Now, what's up with women now who are kind of schizophrenic about what they really want to wear? Should it be ballet flats? Should, Should they just sort of, you know, do the Birkenstock thing and just bag anything that has heels on it? What happens... To a woman's foot when she's going through all of this back and forth
1: and does it change as she ages okay now i'll shut up go for it so i'm, I'm going to start back um from from an evolutionary standpoint if that's okay um because oh, yeah. you know we have been walking and running uh, barefoot or in very minimal shoes for 99.99999, most of the percentage of our evolutionary history. Um, And so we have feet that are very well designed to attenuate the loads of walking and running, and we don't need all that cushioning and support. And we can talk about that from an athletic shoe standpoint. Um, But our feet were meant to spread, right? You're supposed to be able to spread your toes. And if I, I could show you my toes in here, show you that I can spread my toes like this. You have the same muscles in your feet that you do in your hands. And yet, because we contain our feet in these shoes, that don't allow those muscles to, to be used. You don't use it, you know how that goes. You don't use it, you lose it. And so our, our feet have become very deconditioned um, from wearing um, supportive shoes. And then because of the shape, our sh- feet are really shaped trapezoidal, if you think about it. You know, narrow at the heel, wider at the ball. They're not diamond-shaped. But show me those shoes again that you have, and show me the front of them so that we can see right there that's going to really it's kind of make your foot into a diamond shape in the front so um it's it's really the problem is that when you put your feet in those kind of shoes high heels for example then you are going to end up with foot deformities and this is very prevalent in women much more prevalent in women there's something called hallux valgus let's just talk about that and that is this inward angulation of your big toe right Um, and so, and those people who have that, and then you can develop this big bump on the inside of your, um, foot, um, which is called the bunion. Um, and that's very prevalent in women, much more prevalent in women than men, because women tend to wear those very pointy toe shoes. Um, and it's also much more prevalent in shod communities, meaning people who wear shoes versus unshod communities. So, you know, if you take a foot and force it into the shoe, it's going to take on the shape of that shoe. Um, so that's going to cause us problems. So our feet are going to get weaker. Our feet are going to have deformities. And those deformities are going to cause pain and affect our function. So, um... You know, high heels. I don't think they're the evil empire. I think that um, I think they are very sexy. I think that um, women feel you know they just feel more dressed up when they're in heels. Um, I did a recent search on you know are high heels going out of fashion. It's interesting. High heels kind of went out of fashion during COVID. Um, Because people didn't have to go into the office, right? They weren't getting dressed up. They kind of went to sneakers and flats. And it's been a slow reversal back to high heels again. But people are, especially people in fashion, people in fashion say high heels are still in. There's some people who kind of got used to not having to wear those high heels and are more comfortable now in more, you know, flats. And there are some pretty stylish flats that you can wear. So it's interesting to see how the pendulum in fashion has swung. But um, I think it's more important in terms of just, you know, our feet, Um, you know, 10% of our population, one in 10 people will have plantar fasciitis sometime in their life. I've never had it, Um, but I know that I've got lots of friends that have it. Um, And, you know, I treated it. I've treated it many, many times. It's one of my favorite things to treat because the way I treat it is it's actually kind of converse to conventional wisdom. I actually take them out of support and out of orthotics and strengthen their feet to give them that support that that plantar fascia needs. So further understand it. I think that your listeners need to understand a little bit of anatomy. So when you look at the foot and the arch, there are 10 Arch muscles in four layers. That's a lot of arch muscles, and they support the downward deformation of your arch with every foot strike, whether you're walking or running. Then you have this plantar fascia that's on the bottom of it, and that plantar fascia actually is non-elastic or non-contractile. It has some elasticity, but every time that foot that arch comes down, it stretches and tugs on it. And if those muscles are weak, guess what? You get more tugging and stretching on that plantar fascia that tends to produce this problem. And it can be extremely chronic. Um, I saw one study that showed that individuals who have severe plantar fasciitis, 45% of them still have pain 15 years after the initial. um, Whoa. So it's very chronic. I
0: had it for a short period of time when I had begun my marathon training. And, And part of that came from the fact that I was experimenting with different shoes um and then i learned the error of my ways um and i actually found now this is kind of interesting to your point i found that i sometimes wore men's shoes because uh you know uh i there was more room in the what we call the box you know the the, where, where the toes and everything are and um it just felt so damn comfortable uh to me when i was running eventually women's shoes started having wider boxes new balance does that and then i eventually settled on asics um, because they started developing some of that as well but i had some ugly moments there while i was trying to you know figure out how how all of this actually works and the good news is, um, you know, I was able to take care of that plantar fasciitis and, and not deal with it again. I actually did the old golf ball, the frozen golf ball, and rolling it right on over, you know, that whole area and helping it expand, to your point, and open up a little bit. That seemed to work really well. But I have an interesting question for you. So what, what happens to, I imagine men and women, but let's just stick with women right now. What happens to a woman as she ages? As she goes through the 40s, 50s, and whatever, what we've been taught is that um, her feet get bigger, um, and that uh, the tendons get looser, um, and that uh, she actually goes up. An entire shoe size or more so tell me what is going on with all of that
1: so um, that definitely happens during pregnancy because during pregnancy you have the relaxin that actually goes through all your body it's to relax the the ligaments around the pelvis but of course it, it, it it's throughout the entire body it's systemic so you get that loosening of those ligaments and that's really what causes the feet to get bigger um, And I think with time, your arch, maybe your arch falls a little bit. There's some indication that that does happen with time. Um, So, but again, that's really, it comes with not having the strength in your feet. But the other thing that happens with aging, and it is in both men and women, is that your feet, things get stiffer. So your joints get stiffer, your muscles get stiffer. There's been, it's been shown that at the muscular level, the tendinous level, the ligamentous level, things get stiffer. So you're not as compliant Um, And things don't move as freely. And you notice that as you get older. Things just feel a little bit stiffer. Um, And the more that you can keep your feet flexible also, the better. So, um, you know, when we talk about treating your feet, um, it's not only having strong feet, but it's also having flexible feet and making sure that you maintain the flexibility in your feet. Um, You know, when I'm in the shower, for example, I always, one of the areas that gets tight are the muscles on the top of your foot. So when I'm in the shower, I'll turn my toes over like this and stretch the extensors, as they do to have a tendency to get tight in both in both feet. But you can also um, dorsiflex your foot, so you bring your foot up like this, and then bring your toes back, and then really um, stretch that plantar fascia through. It's kind of like what you were doing with the the ball, but by by extending and extending the toes you put a greater stretch on the plantar fascia so those are some things to help with the flexibility you also want to have flexibility between your toes so you want to take your fingers and kind of move you know between your fourth and your fifth your third and your fourth your second and your third just move them make sure you can move those feet so they're flexible I think it's really important to spend some time barefoot Um, I think we were meant not I think we were meant to have all of that sensory input and the minute you put a shoe on now, even a minimal shoe, um, and I'll talk a little bit about that in a minute, but even when you put a minimal shoe, you lose some of that sensory input, um, and that gives you important information about balance and about, um, you know, just stability. It's very important, um, and it tells you sometimes what kind of surface you're going to be landing on. Um, we have a tendency when you land on a soft surface, you have a tendency to stiffen your, your leg. Um, and when you land on a hard surface, you have a tendency to make your leg more compliant. And some of that information comes through um, the, the inf- sensory information that you get from your feet. So it's really, it's free your feet. Go spend some time barefoot. Walk in the grass, you know, walk in sand, even on pavement. I mean, just walk. Get your feet used to, you know, being free because it's it's important that you use your feet the way they're adapted. So I'd have to say that my my approach clinically and in research is my hypothesis is that the closer we are to the way that we were adapted to move the less the risk for injury and I and I, I say that in terms of like sitting okay let's talk about sitting I know this is off topic a little bit but you know I was with my grandchildren this week this over the holidays and they were just squatting this little two-year-old was squatting for 20 minutes now you try squatting for 20 minutes it's not easy Right? I want everybody, all your listeners, try to squat for even a few minutes. And I mean down, all the way down, so your butt is against your, your feet. right? And that's something that we actually used to do instead of sitting. We squatted all the time. And so when you sit and you have the support in your back and your pelvis, you lose the core stability. So we think that the foot is very... And everyone's kind of onto the whole core instability and making sure your core is strong. But we took that concept... And applied it to the foot and we wrote a paper about the foot core and how in the foot those muscles that are in the arch are just like the small muscles in your lumbopelvic core that are really important to be strong so that the prime movers of the foot can do their job so again the strength is really important and when you have your feet and shoes all the time you're never doing this right how
0: interesting is that? You know, and, and then people say, well, gosh, I'm going to get healthy. I'm listening to what Dr. Davis is saying. And so what I'm going to do is walk around in, you know, um, like sneakers all the time. So is that a smart thing to do? I mean, you're in a shoe, but maybe if it's got a big enough box
1: or tell me, tell yeah. me like what could you wear? It depends on the sneaker. So um, I am really an advocate of shoes that do not cushion and do not support. So that means they have no midsole because the midsole is the cushioning and they have no arch support. They have no structure to the heel. They're not stiff. And I'll give you an example. So here is one of my minimal shoes, my newest one. I really love the color of this. It matches your shirt. Um, and you should a minimal shoe is one that you should be able to take and roll up like that in your pocket, right? That's a minimal shoe and and you can see the heel counter is nothing because if you have a stiff heel counter, the muscles around your heel on the inside and the outside are not going to have to work, right, if it's stiff. But when it's flexible, those muscles still have to work. There's no arch support in here so that the arch muscles have to do their job and there's no cushion at all which means that you have to learn how to cushion yourself which is what we did for 99.99999% of our evolutionary history we have not been wearing cushioned shoes we've been wearing cushion shoes for 50 years if you do 50 over 2 million that's how i get the 99.9999 so these cushion shoes minimal shoes are not the not new people say oh that's a fad what's fad are the cushion shoes and and high heels, of course, as well. There are another class of shoes that, again, are protected class of shoes, I'm going to say. Because I think, I, you know, just to high heels, I think that you should be able to wear them. It's just like you should be able to sit in a comfy chair sometimes. You should be able to drive in a car. But if you do that all the time, you are really going to have a mismatch with between the way that you were adapted to move and the way you move. And you're going to be at risk for a lot of it. Not just musculoskeletal injuries, but... Other noncommunicable diseases like obesity and cardi- you know cardiovascular diseases, diabetes.
0: So, so, you know, I, I thought about a lot of this, and you know, I you're just answering so many questions, and now I'm questioning myself, oh no, she's filled with self-doubt. So, um since I tend to spend so much time, you know, in front of a computer monitor, this really became obvious. During, you know, the pandemic and the rest of it where we were sitting here staring at each other and I like to, you know, I have a one of those desks that goes up and down and I prefer up um, because that's so I kept thinking, what kind of shoes do I wear, you know, to be able to do this well? Now, I do have um, one of those rocker things that I stand on to kind of help me, you know, kind of do some balance work while I'm standing. And, you know, that's kind of nice, keeps my um, legs engaged. But when I'm not using that, I kept uh, scratching. So then I said to myself, huh, I went over to REI once, and I was picking up uh, hiking boots or who the hell knows what, you know, the REI stuff. And lo and behold, I found these very interesting shoes. Now, these are hokas, and um, what these are called, now, this is really important for you to explain, since you're the fancy pants academic here, these are called recovery shoes, and they're very inexpensive. They're light as air, okay, and, you know, This is kind of what you get out of them on the overall. But they're your classic hokas, which like to have a little bit of extra something, something here. And, you know, really very cheap, too. So I I put them on, you know, during one of my virtuals, and it, it kind of felt nice. And then, oh no, then I just realized they're cushioning me. I must be doing something wrong.
1: (laughs) Well, you know, I think there's some good things about those shoes as I look at them. So they're wide and you want them. They're not going to be, you know, they're constraining of your foot. So I think that part is good. But the minute that you put um, a, a some kind of a midsole, you raise your heel up from the ground. And when you raise your heel up from the ground, the ground reaction force you have a medial lateral ground reaction force, actually has a larger moment arm. It's hard for me to do this without drawing it for you. But you have greater torques on your, on your ankles and your hips and knees, it's been shown. So the minute you start raising yourself off the ground, you become more unstable and you have greater torques placed on your... If you're standing still, it probably doesn't matter. But when you're moving around and walking, I mean, think about it. Again, if you go back to my hypothesis, what is our natural state? It's not to have anything on our feet. And what other body, what other clothing do we have that supports us, except for bras and jockstraps? We'll have to say that, right? But, I mean, that supports and cushions us. Our clothing is there to protect us. Um, of course, we're fashionistas as well, but originally to protect us um, from the cold and the elements, right? And it was the same with footwear. The very first footwear that was discovered was about, it was discovered 10,000 years ago, and it was made out of sagebrush bark with some straps on it. And basically, all it was there for was to protect the foot from the elements, right? So y- your, your feet are going to be strongest if you don't put them in anything. Well, so, um, so you're an advocate of flip-flops. I love flip-flops. I am ha. Okay. All right. I wear flip-flops all the time and you get get, some people uh, argue that flip-flops change your mechanics. And I think they can, depends on the flip-flop. So because sometimes they slip off and you're having to really grab them to hold on. So you're using your flexors more, that might not be a bad thing, but um, my flip-flops are some that I can just, I don't have to do anything. They just stay on my feet. Um, But you know, these kind of shoes too, and, and even ballet flats, that's my next question. Yeah, it doesn't have to be this. All I right. mean, it can be this. It, these are nice shoes and they, they 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 have a this particular brand and I'm not I'm shoe agnostic. I just want to say that. There's lots of different brands. There's Vivo barefoot, there's zero shoes. These happen to be zero shoes, but they 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 um they guarantee their soles for 5,000 miles, whether you're running or walking or whatever. Because basically the sole, what, what wears out typically in a shoe is not the outer sole, it's the midsole. It starts to get tamped down and then you don't know how to cushion yourself. You haven't trained yourself to do it. You're relying on that cushioning. So as soon as the cushioning starts to deteriorate, then you start to have more impacts and you start to have pain. right? Whereas if you teach your body to do it, you don't have to rely on it. You shouldn't have to rely on footwear to cushion or to support you. At Interesting. All. You know, what's fascinating is what happened to women's
0: feet during COVID, um, during the pandemic, where so many of them were flip flopping, were, you know, going on flats and all the rest of it. And then, you know, someone said, Okay, now we get to okay, two years later you you got a wedding ceremony coming up. You've got a birthday. You've got some kind of something, and you want to get dressed up or even going to the office and back and forth. And then they try to get their little tootsies into, you know, a pair of, like, you know, medium-sized heels or whatever, and they're screaming, um, you
1: know. So is there any going back, or how does that work? I think I think you can go back. Um, I've gone back. I, I, I used to wear heels all the time. I mean, I remember giving a talk and I had, the, I had heels on and someone said, what's a girl like you doing in shoes like those? You know, I mean, I, they gave me a hard time and I thought, I, gotta, I really got to walk the walk here. Um, but I think what you need to do is you, if you've been out of shoes for a while, your feet do spread. I mean, mine have spread. They absolutely have. You need to get probably new dress shoes that are wider and larger and accommodate your larger foot they're still gonna have the discomfort because you're at an angle, so all the pressure's going down to the ball of foot. So we all try these, you know, these sorbethane insoles and all these things to try to unload that. But, you know, it is what it is, and you're gonna take those shoes off after you've been dancing for 30 minutes anyway. So, um, right? I mean, that's what we do. They're there to look good, and then you take them off. So, um, but I think you can get back into them. You just don't wanna wear them all the time. It's just like you don't wanna sit in a Barca lounger all the time, and you don't wanna sit all the time in, in general right? You need to, you you want to take the stairs. There's things that we can do in our lives um, to be able to replace some of the things that are no longer part of our environment. Like we're not going out in the fields and working all day and squatting. We're just not. And I'm not suggesting we should. I'm not suggesting we shouldn't get on a plane. I'm just saying that we have to substitute other activities for it. And that's why I say spend as much time as you can in, in minimal shoes or barefoot. And then when you want to wear those shoes, wear them. And I love the whole issue of stretching.
0: You know, we talk about taking care of our body in general. I mean, I stretch these and my back and my neck and all the rest of it. What happened to my little tootsies? Um, So I forget um, as much as the next person. You know, it's interesting. I came from a, a long um, uh, history with ballet. And uh, as tall as I am, yes, it was true. Um, and so, you know, there I had tremendous musculature you know to be able to point and to be able to hold whatever so what i find myself doing is just doing some little ballet every now and then like i'm i'm up on my little oh and then down again and then you know doing the little you know uh bending at the the knees and back and forth and just giving my my feet um a lot more stretching and this is also it's curious um When I get massage, I tell people to really work hard on my feet um, because it feels so damn good to
1: open it up. Um, And there are muscles under there that people don't really... What's really interesting, what got me thinking about the foot core is I was lamenting with some of my colleagues about a a new clinical practice guideline, these CPGs that come out. And it was on plantar fasciitis. And they talked about everything. They talked about... um, you know, uh, ultrasound and stretching and night splints and orthotics and shockwave and everything else, but they never mentioned strengthening. And every other clinical practice guideline, whether it's elbow or shoulder or knee or hip, it's, they add, strengthening's a component of it. And it really underscored to me the lack of appreciation for the fact that foot The feet have muscles, and they're important muscles. They're very important muscles in the feet. And if we don't pay attention to them, if you can't, I mean, if you've ever had foot pain, I was actually in Australia, and and I got um, some blisters on my feet, and then I got sand in them. And it was, I mean, the most pain in my feet have ever had. You can't walk, right? You literally cannot walk. I was on, like, a a month-long vacation. It was really terrible. Um, So so I've never had plantar fasciitis, but it's got to be like that. If you can't walk, you can't function, right? You're disabled. Um, so it's important that we maintain these these foot muscles. And the other thing that's interesting to think about, when you get older, there's been some biomechanical research that shows that we lose our strength and power and our mechanical power distally first as you age.
0: Oh, wait first.
1: a minute. So what you're saying is that the strength and power
0: begins to decrease um, the further out we are in our body, which means basically our hands, our feet, places like this, right? Wow, that's really interesting. Because I think a lot of people think it's like, you know, my back and
1: it's my chest. Yeah. And, no. But so, and so if you can, if you can try to maintain the strength of your feet... There's another reason because, you know, it's been shown that people who have weak feet, they have, tend to, they tend to have a greater tendency to fall. And, you know, the, it, there's a lot of things that contribute to falls. I'm not saying it's just weak feet, but that's one of the factors. So, you know, it, it, it would, I mean, it just would behoove us if we didn't take care of our feet, right? And, and I think it's, I, my, my soapbox is to get out and, and get people to think more about their feet, um, and again, i'm not I'm not there to say to to guilt you into getting out of your heels. I think heels are just fine for, you know, short periods of time, but to encourage people to really try to embrace their feet more, to to get out and walk barefoot. I've had so many people tell me that when they've gotten into minimal shoes, their pain has reduced.
0: You know, it's interesting. i'm I'm running out and and grabbing mine because honestly, well, you know, I have hiking. You know boots and you know things like this, Um, and it's really meant for tough elements. And so minimalist is not going to help me a whole lot with that Um, when I'm running over a sharp rock and and things like that. Um, So I do a lot of that. So I'll I'll kind of park those hiking boots where they belong. But I think you know for purposes of just getting around during the day, I'm going to be thinking a lot more about. You know, minimalist. I think the thing that really stuck from what you first said, and and you said it again, was quit getting so far away from what you primarily were meant to do, which is, you know, you and I were kids at one point, and I can tell you right now, I got pictures to prove it, that I was running around
1: barefoot all the time. All the time. You know? Yeah. There's something called the mismatch theory of evolution that this is based on. And the evolutionary biologist, my evolutionary biologist colleagues have sort of taught me about this. Um, And it basically says that our bodies, our environment is changing faster than our bodies can adapt to it. Because the changes that require, that are required in your body to adapt to these quick changes in environment take forever. And I don't have a good sense of what forever means, but for a very long time. I mean, think about it. We haven't changed a whole lot in 2 million years, right? So, um, for example, you know, after the Industrial Revolution and we start to become less active, maybe if our metabolism rate increased, maybe we wouldn't see obesity. But because those changes just don't take place very quickly. And it's no different for the feed or for anything else. You know, so this is, again, why it's important to try to, you know, adhere to your primal being as much as possible when you can. Okay. I'm going primal. That's it. I love that. I'm just totally going
0: primal except every now and then when there's a wedding or something. I know. And And let me just tell
1: you one thing about that. You mentioned about the hiking shoes. I want to just let you and your listeners know that a number of these minimal footwear companies, and again, I'll say Vivo Barefoot and, um, and zero are probably zero shoes are probably leading the way, but there are others. Those two companies in particular, they have a variety. They have hiking shoes now. Um, they have winter shoes So the hiking shoes will have more, I mean, obviously you can't wear something minimal on the hard rock and stuff. And I haven't gotten them yet. I've done some hiking in the White Mountains up in New England and I've done it in these kind of shoes and I've done okay, sometimes it's not comfortable. But, um, but yeah, so there are options for people who want to do those kinds of things as well. And, and so for women
0: who, who want to get into running for the first time, I mean, my big time running years are over. Thank you, God. But, um, you know, and I had to go through all the hell of trying to figure this stuff out myself. So my question is, are you an advocate of minimalist um, running shoes?
1: Yes, we actually, at our center where I was previously, and and hopefully we'll be developing a new center here in Florida, um, we recommended transitioning off your heels, meaning off your landing heel strike, and and the way to do that is to get into minimal shoes, because when you try to forefoot strike in a pair of regular shoes, you end up maladapting, I'll just say that there's research to show that you land in an incorrect way that can predispose you to injuries. If you're landing, if you're going to be a rear foot striker, you want cushioning under that heel because you're going to land on the heel. And it does, your heel pad does not have the ability to attenuate the loads of running on its own. The loads of walking, yes, but running, no. So that's why you can walk barefoot. It's not a problem landing on your heel. But if you go out uh, and run, it's going to be hard to land on your heel, especially on hard surfaces. So, yeah. So, so we were very much, and again, this goes back to, this is how the way we were adapted to run is to land on the ball of our foot, not heel striking honestly became more prevalent once we started getting cushions in our, sh- now 95% of people in standard shoes land on their heels.
0: Yeah. Right? I, I was one of them. Uh, no question about it. I did try the minimalist um, and I I found my run was completely different. Oh, oh yeah. my God. It was so 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 different. Um otherwise I felt like I was kind of running in
1: an artificial way. It, yes. It felt weird. it felt weird. So any anytime you change anything it's gonna feel weird to start out with because you have a certain motor pattern that you've been running for it's a thousand foot strikes per mile first, Per mile. If you do 20 miles a week, that's 20,000 foot strikes. If you do 20 miles a week for a year, that's a million foot strikes per foot. You can see how that gets really reinforced, and trying to change that is not easy. But I do want to just spend a few minutes talking about the importance of transitioning well. So minimal footwear got a very bad name. Back when it first came out, back in 2009 or so, when um, you know, Born to Run came out and everybody was talking about minimal shoes and, and transitioning to forfeit striking. So they just put they, they put those shoes on and they ran the regular mileage. And that would be like you do at the gym. That would be like going to the gym and the very first time you lift, you lift 100 pounds you've never lifted before and you get injured. Nobody would say to you, don't do that. They would say, don't do it that way. And that's been my 10 year mantra is trying to get people to understand that when you put minimal shoes on, it's a whole new deal. So you have to, first of all, you have to get the strength in your foot muscles to be able to adapt to it because they're gonna get really weak. I mean, they're gonna get very fatigued Um, and they're going to be weak to start out with. So you have to gradually work into the minimal shoes, your calf muscles. When you go to a forefoot strike, they're going to scream if you don't do that slowly and also build your calf muscles. So our program was, um, to actually start people walking in these shoes even before they started their running program, because we have a study that shows that just simply walking in minimal shoes results in a significant increase in foot muscle size and the same increase as if you were doing a foot exercise program. We had a, a, a controlled, randomized, okay. controlled study, where we had some people in who. Would so give, you
0: could really beef up your feet just by using walking. The just by walking shoe. in the minimal shoes. So we always Over started our runners
1: just walking in them um, for the first couple months, and then you start running in them very slowly. Because you you need that strength, and I also I recommend people you know, doing foot exercises and calf exercises even before just to give them you that know, extra. No, I didn't reserve. tell of this back in 2009. No,
0: and that's the no, problem. No, no, because I was one of the people who you know like oh okay, and I put on the minimalist, and I just went out and you know, killed a 5k. And I'm like, wow. And then you were weird. sorry.
1: You were dying afterwards. Oh, I
0: was dying. Yeah.
1: And they turn off to it. But again, let's go back to what did we evolve for? We evolved without needing anything. We don't need cushioning. We don't need support. And that's not even that, you know, we need it now that we've gotten used to it. You can actually, we've taken people and transitioned them. The older you are, I have to say the longer it takes. You have to be more careful because we're stiffer and we're a little weaker. And you know, I mean, you, your body's not the same. And you, you you bring that up a lot in a lot of your podcasts. We are changing, and we have to adapt to that, to that changing. But it doesn't mean you can't do it. It just okay, means so, you can make it slow.
0: So I want to I want to just summarize now as best I can. Quit getting so far away from your primal self. And your primal self really, really should be more minimalist when it comes to the shoe wear. On the other hand, you've been forgiven for your sins um, if you decide to do little goodies like that. Here's mine. Um, There you go, and there you're showing off yours. you know by by just doing it short term all the rest of it, i was laughing you know the first time i ever did the oprah show a number of years ago it was hysterical you know she always had these crazy shoes that were very much like these and and i thought to her, oh dang you know and then so i came out in mine and and she laughed and she said ah yes the stage sitting only shoes basically means that the only time you ever put them on right right, but what she had right behind the chair were her flip-flops. And so what you do is you walk out on flip-flops, you know, lose them in the back, Put on the fancy shoes, look cute, never have to stand in them, and then pitch them. So, you know, that's kind of the way I'm looking at it. But I got to say, between you and me, I'm kind of looking at a whole lot more shoes um, that are more like ballet flats and, you know, like that, or kitten heels, yeah. little small yeah. things. Yeah. You know, um, because I, I just, I'm not like super into the Big Heel thing as much as I once was for a whole lot of reasons. I guess I just sort of saw the other side. So there's that. And we're really happy, Irene, that uh, a, a professional of your stature, you know, still says, please just use moderation. And instead of saying no and wagging your little finger yeah, and, and no. saying, don't you dare wear here," No, because you're going to turn off 90% exactly. of the people listening. Um, no, you just got to be real about this whole thing. And then finally, stretch those feet. And and remember, you've got them, they've got to stay nice and strong. And so, you know, stretching them and massaging them and all the rest of that um, is so terribly important. I'm using a lot more of those, um, those uh, massage guns, you know, all through my body, just kind of open things up. Man, does that stuff work? Because it really kind of gets down and deep and more importantly, it's just your feet. So Instant it's not like muscles. you're going through. Yeah, well, you're not going through 50 layers of something else. You're right there. And so you can really feel it. But you know what's really cool is that people are now much more into looking at recovery and rehabilitation and maintaining yourself as you age, and I think that what you've shared with us, um, Irene, is is so terribly important and needs to be heard by all of our audience today. So I can't thank you enough for your sharing your your uh, shoes um, you. and wit Yours. and wisdom as we've been trying to make some sense out of this whole situation about heels and. And, and not heels and minimalists and, and the rest of it. It's really important to hear it from an expert like yourself. And since you represent the American College of Sports Medicine, that makes it even better because that is the premier body, you know, that really oversees so much of this kind of academic um, research. So you've got street creds. Oh, thank that. you.
1: I, I feel very honored to be on your podcast. So thank you very much. It's been a lot of fun. And All right, I hope and it's been again for the women out there. We've been talking to Dr. Irene Davis,
0: um who is a professor in the School of Physical Therapy and Rehabilitation Science in the Morsani College of Medicine at the University of South Florida. Most importantly, she's a really wonderful friend and colleague of mine. And I find any excuse I can to <laughs> have, same Wonderful here. people like Irene on the podcast. Okay, now everyone out there, run on over to iTunes right now, rate and review the show because I want to hear your feedback. Why do I want to hear the feedback? Well, because I'm Dr. Pam Peek. I'm host of the Her Podcast. Now, I want to give another major shout out to Solaray Vitamins for helping women just stay on top of their nutrition and health. Yes, run on over to solarray.com and please, you know... Whatever you do, yeah, stay on top of all of this. Follow me on Facebook at Dr. Pam Peek, Twitter and Instagram at PamPeekMD. And remember to watch every single episode on iTunes, Radio MD, and all of the major platforms. We'd love to have you watch and learn, okay? Stay safe and stay well. Take care.